a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. And I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> Lacking vision in both the business sense and the spiritual sense, this is Table Talk Radio. Hey, speak for yourself. No, tell me your business vision for Table Talk Radio. I'm, <laughs> we've, it, the problem is when you've accomplished your vision just by starting to record you know, <laughs> yeah. When, when you set the bar so low, it's, it's it's like record something to broadcast. I guess it doesn't really count as a vision. Yeah, that's it's more like a burden. <laughs> anyway, casting burdens. That's the table talk radio model. Nice. All right. Finishing the corn nuts and casting burdens. <laughs> Who said we had to finish the corn nuts? That's right. That's that's that that's a great little little pre-show conversation that we had. Evan says I got one more corn nut to finish, and I said, "Who says you have to finish them?" <laughs> well, when they're gone, they're uh, gone. I mean, they're gone. That's right. It is finished. No more corn nuts. <laughs> All Welcome right. Welcome to the show. I got a buzzword for you, and then we're going to goof around reading emails. I found some good ones for games here. You'll notice in your Trello planning board. So my buzzword for you is this: repent. Repent means to pent again. <laughs> There's two parts of repentance, we say, as Lutherans. The first is contrition, and the second is faith. And they are the work of the Holy Spirit through the law and the gospel. So the law shows us our sin, and the gospel uh, promises the forgiveness of sins. We trust it, we believe it, we find comfort in it. It's great. That's repentance. Uh, so, repent. It's season of Lent, right? We're kind of linty this season. Oh. So. See how how culturally and contextually appropriate my buzzword was. See, I like to study the classics, like in the Latin, and I always thought "repent" mean to do penance. <laughs> Penitentio. <laughs> yeah, you would. Okay. Man, if you were around, the ninety, the Reformation would have never happened. Mm. True. Okay, uh, my buzzword for you is oh, what's a good buzzword? Um, <laughs> canonicity. That's my buzzword for you, canonicity. Wow. Um, this is a question of how do we uh, understand what books of the Bible um, are actually books of the Bible. Now, um, I'm not going to say those two words because then you go off on your little robot voice. Um, but, th but there was two kind of categories that the books that were immediately accepted. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm avoiding that, those words because— What words? <laughs> uh, the, the words that were immediately accepted, that, that is to say that no one even draw, drew into question these books to be included because they were books that were already passed around amongst the Christian church. How do you say that How do you say that in Greek again? Um, 
，好唔好讲啦 ？Yeah， 好唔好讲啦 ？So， 好唔好讲啦 ？It just rolls off the lips。好唔好讲啦 ？Certain books。How come you have canonicity so many times that, that I get to say？ Like we've never had repent before. Oh, that's the first time I've ever had repent as a buzzword. Repent is probably okay. Well, anyway, that's canonicity. All right, I got an email for you. Ready? Chris writes. All this email says is 10C in the news and then a link, and then it says Chris Lumpian teaching elder, which I think means like lumpy. Lumpy, remember Lumpy Chunklebuns, oh, our most yeah. famous guest. What does you say that someone sent in a T-shirt and said, "Hey, how's the get lumpy on it T-shirt coming?" Yeah, no, it's not, it was a short idea we need here. To do that? How come we never make T-shirts? Get lumpy on anyway, it. Anyway, so, so the, I, I picture this as a black shirt with white letters right down the middle. Get lumpy on it. Get lumpy on it. It sounds. It could be misinterpreted. That could be you know if someone had a dirty mind. Yeah. Like get jiggy with it. Get lumpy. <laughs> We better we better use his full name. Get lumpy chunkle buns on it. Get lumpy chunkle buns on it. Here is the the news story which Craig wants us to play ten commands in the news with, and it's this is you're gonna love it. Briarwood Presbyterian Church seeks lawmakers' approval to establish a police force. Nice. Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Vestavia Hills. Vestavia Hills is trying to establish its own police force. The move requires approval from state lawmakers. The bill, sponsored by Republican Arnold Mooney, cleared its first major hurdle Wednesday. The House Public Safety Committee gave its okay. Briarwood Presbyterian Church calls this a way to create a safer campus in, in a fallen world. Some lawmakers argue allowing a private church to have its own police force could be begin a slippery slope. What do we do when other church affiliates come asking for the same thing? Question Republican Mary Moore. They're not a college. They're a church, and they're a church asking for police jurisdiction. Many questions were posed during Wednesday's committee meeting. Who do the officers answer to? Asked Republican Chris Ing- uh, England. They would answer the leadership of a section of the church. A representative from the church answered. <laughs> Republican Connie Rowe is a former police chief. She supports allowing Briarwood to create its own force. Quote, they will conduct their own investigations, explained Rowe. They will conduct their own security. They will make their own arrests. And instead of calling on the local law enforcement agencies to take over a particular situation they're trying to control, they'll do that themselves. And they will utilize from their other law enforcement agencies. It's their lockup facility. They have their own jail. I've often wondered about that. You know, I've, I I was threatened the confirmands with the church dungeon, <laughs> but apparently, I we that's actually a possibility. Uh, it, here, here's the finish of the article. Rose says she would also consider requests from other churches to do the same thing. England is concerned about transparency. Quote, situations and arrests you would think normally need to be made, they can make their own determinations and decisions about whether that needs to happen, said England. Now that the proposal is out of committee, it moves to the full house for consideration. That is wild. How big about that? is Briarwood Presbyterian Church that needs its own police force? I mean, And like how rowdy city? are the members? <laughs> it's like, we have to call the police like three times a Sunday. Four, four or five times when you have our elders meetings. <laughs> I mean, You've got a bouncer there for like the church council meeting. and It's your own little jail. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's getting rowdy at Briarwood Presbyterian Church. I know it. Has this been a problem? It looks like a peaceful place. I don't know. It look, I'm looking at the picture of it here, and uh, it looks like a pretty fancy 
church, you know. It doesn't look like a church full of a bunch of hooligans that needs their own police force. Man, oh, man. Wow. That's, I never heard anything like this. Okay, so 10 minutes in the news. And <clears throat> Whatever happened to the separation between church and state? <laughs> Well, how? Where is that in the Ten Commandments? That's the question that we got to answer, right? Uh, it's in the different numberings between the Third Commandment and the Fourth Commandment. Um, so. in, in fact, and that distinction is not only just between the Third and Fourth Commandment, but, but between the first table and the second table of the law. Yeah. So there is there is the three estates. We got the church, the family, and the state, and we recognize that in the family and and in the state those two which are connected to each other by a derivative relationship that there's a there's, a, there's an authority of the sword whereas the authority that exists in the church is the sword of the spirit which is the word of god so that there's two different authorities in the in the state and in, there's a there's distinct authorities in the state and in the church and you're saying this that this this having a church police force might confuse that issue is that your what you're suggesting here i am suggesting just that i think you'd be right about that this was you know this was a big thing in the reformation right because beginning well beginning really early but but kind of um approved in the bull unum sanctum remember the unum sanctum sounds familiar Why didn't I say Unum Sanctum? And you you were like, oh, yeah, Unum Sanctum. I love to talk about Unum Sanctum. That's a papal bull in 1305. Unum Sanctum is the best. By the way, everyone should go read Unum Sanctum because if you have any Catholic friends, just print out a little copy of that and say, what do you think about this? And they have to say, oh, boy, that's really embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And Unum Sanctum is where they say, if you don't submit to the Pope, you're outside of salvation. But Unum Sanctum is also where the Pope says that the that the Catholic Church possesses both swords, that is, temporal authority and spiritual authority. And then do you remember the proof text that they use for it? No. What? You're supposed to say, oh, yeah, I can't believe the proof text that they use for it. Anyway, sorry. Let me hide. I'm not going to hide. It says it's this one. It's when Jesus is uh, about to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Peter says, and they said, Jesus says, take a sword. And Peter says, here are two swords. And Jesus says, that's enough. And then the bull Unum Sanctum says, with these words, Jesus gives the Pope both spiritual and temporal jurisdiction. Of course that's what that means. (laughs) What else could it possibly mean? (laughs) That's so bad. It's just embarrassingly bad. Well, anyway, having a police force in church might be a little return to something like that, I'd say. I'd say so. Well, when we get back from this break, I have a few more thoughts on this. We can talk about that. And then what else are we doing after this, Pastor Wolf? Who knows? Probably got some more emails. All right. Well, we'll find out right after this. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. For immature audiences only, this is Table Talk Radio. Martin Luther says that the most common idol in all of the world is the idol of money, that we trust in it, that we fear losing it, that we think that because we have it, we're secure. Here at Table Talk Radio, we have the solution for this idolatry. Click the Donate Now button on our website, and you will support the ongoing efforts of Table Talk Radio to spread this word of God throughout the world. Table Talk Radio is listener-supported. If you would like to help with the financial needs of Table Talk Radio, just click the Donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org. 
The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. That's not exactly knock your socks off music. That's the uh, the police coming to get you for the things that you're preaching. I mean, th- think about all the all the the things you could do if you had a police force with your church. Someone, right. so, so, some uh, lady starts gets up after church making an announcement. She starts falling into false doctrine. Tackle her right there. Get her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Pow. <laughs> uh, this person trying to come up for communion, not a member. Poo. Rah, got him out. That's it. That's it. I think that'd be oh, pretty man. handy. Um, no, it's interesting. So you you make this distinction in the um, in the Ten Commandments, first table, second table. Um, of course, we we oftentimes think of this in the right hand, left hand kingdom distinction, which I I suppose you would say is brought out through the Ten Commandments. Yes, um, sure. But that 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 the uh, it's not the church church's job to uh, maintain order, but that was actually I mean that's why. Police are police. <laughs> that's why they have the guns. That's why they have the handcuffs, because their job is to maintain order. And that's not what's given to the church, much like it's not the policeman's job to forgive sins. Right. I think policemen make could... lousy. Uh, in the stead and by the command of the state, I forgive you of all your sins. Right. That's right. Yeah, so we have this distinction in authorities for different reasons. So, you know, the police are the police in this church of this church, and they're instituted by God for for different reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty simple. I don't know why. Why would you want a police force in your church? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, right. hey, I got a game we can play. Okay. Uh, coming out of this, inspired by this uh, news story, and it is called Name That Papal Encyclical. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking the other day, why don't we play Name That Papal Encyclical? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you brought that up. I, in fact, I think it was a dream. I had a dream that we were playing that game, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So. Okay, here, are you ready for this one? Here's a quote. We are informed by the text of the Gospels that in this church and in its power are two swords, namely the spiritual and the temporal. For when the apostle says, quote, behold, here are two swords, Luke twenty two thirty eight, That is to say, in the church, since the apostles were speaking, the Lord did not reply that there were too many, but sufficient. Certainly, the one who denies that the temporal sword is in the power of Peter has not listened well to the word of the Lord commanding, put up thy sword into thy scabbard, Matthew twenty six fifty two. Both, therefore, are in the power of the church, that is to say, the spiritual and the material sword. But the former is to be administered for the church, but the latter by the church. The former in the hands of the priest, the latter by the hands of kings and soldiers, but at the will and sufferance of the priest. Hmm. Is that it? Uh-huh. Okay. So what are my options? Um... Yeah, um, hmm. You have to guess. Uh, let's see, papal bulls. Let me let me just look up some different options. <laughs> see what the names of the different papal bulls are. 
Uh, don't you want to just guess? A well, few? Just, oh, here's a list of papal bulls. Hold on. Here's a list. I got. I found. Don't worry. I found a list. I have, have, have so many there. circling around in my mind right now. I mean, I just read those on a regular basis that I can't really hone in on one of them. You know, because they sound. Mm-hmm. They start to sound alike after a while. They just kind mm-hmm. of bleed together. Wow, this is a Very lot excellent. of them. That's a Man, lot. A of lot bull. from the 13th century. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's your options. Okay. <laughs> Quia, what were they? Um, okay, here's here's your options. I'm going to give you some different options. Audi filia et de sinu patris or unum sanctum. How about uh, una sanctum? That's right, unum sanctum. You're right. For 300 Pope points. Pope Boniface the eighth. Yeah, oh yeah, at least. All right, here's another one. Round two. Ready? Uh uh, let's see. Let's do this. Um, uh, this is a good game, therefore, by the way. I'm glad we discovered this game. Oh, yeah. Therefore, whoever resists this power of the Pope, thus ordained by God, resists the ordinance of God. Unless he invent, like Manichius, two beginnings, which is false, and judged by us heretical, since according to the testimony of Moses, it is not in the beginning but in the beginning, oh, sorry, it is not in the beginnings, but in the beginning that God created the heaven and the earth, Genesis 1.1. Furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. Interesting. Um, so what are my options on this one? <laughs> Okay, your options are um, ubi periculum exequis. Oh, oh, it's time for the new game. What does the Bible teach about baptism? I recognize that sound. Today, the doctrine about baptism is from Matthew 28, the words of Jesus, who says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. All right. That's a good thing. Brought to you by baptism. Yeah. Brought to you by today's verse. Brought to you by Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, you were saying. Uh, Now. Okay, uh, that one, or else also it could be from Unum Sanctum. Huh. Now, see, this one um, sounds a little bit different, but it still has the flavor of the first. So I'm going to go with Unum Sanctum. Yes, you're right, for 300 more points. Okay, one more last round. Listen to this sentence. This is great. <laughs> this, is, I, this is so great. Therefore, of the one and only church... There is one body and one head, not two heads, like a monster. That is <laughs> That's a monster. Christ and the vicar of Christ, Peter, and the successor of Peter, since the Lord himself speaking to Peter said, feed my sheep. <laughs> That's so great. Did you hear what it says? The church is not a monster with two heads. There's only one head, Jesus and Peter. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. That's, Hold on. I can count. <laughs> Jesus, one. <laughs> Peter, two. What is this? This is a monster. <laughs> Did you hear? I'm going to read the words exactly as they are stated here in this mysterious papal bull. 
Therefore, the one and only church there is one body and one head, not two heads like a monster. That is, Christ and the vicar of Christ, Peter. <laughs> is that not the most... Re- I mean, it's just some... It's so... It's that, just... That reminds okay, me I... of that one time we played a new game. We played um, Bible Bee, and we also played... Uh, Church Father Orr. You know that one time? <laughs> yeah, that's one time. That's right. Oh, man. I don't know. If you just go to the go to the Pope and say, uh, could you give me $1 million? He's like, here's $1 million. $2 million? <laughs> You don't want to. This is like. <laughs> makes you you, your mathematics okay. now, shall this could submit be... to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> This could be from the Pope Injunctum Nobis, mm-hmm. or Exposit Debitum, oh, that, yeah, that or that Unum Sanctum. Hmm. Is this Unum Sanctum? Bing, bing, oh, bing, 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 bing. Perhaps the most ridiculous page ever written, Unum Sanctum. Just show it to your <laughs> Catholic friends. Well, right. It should be titled "Why You Should Be Lutheran." I mean, did you hear how mean he was? If you, if you're not, if it's absolutely necessary to be subject to the Pope, and the Pope has both swords, because Peter says here's two, and then this, I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous from beginning to end. It's embarrassing. I, I'm looking, I'm reading it from from the website called papalencyclicals.net. I mean, this is a, this is a, I mean, boy, it's embarrassing. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, another email there? Or is that it? Oh, yeah. I got another one. Actually, we need to hit a break right here anyway, so we've got to take a quick break. And then I want to hear this email that would cite yep. other radio shows, which I know nothing about. Somewhat offended. It's like it's like our listeners are trying to get shameless plugs in for other radio shows. Like there's hope. I know. There's. I know. It's like a support group. There is hope. There's other radio shows. Yeah, there's something better out there. (laughs) You don't have to (laughs) just have table talk. I remember when I thought it was just table talk. I was there too. (laughs) Table Talk Radio. We love our on-demand listener. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Before the break, hey, Pastor Wilson, you were just getting ready to uh, read the, the meat of this email from, uh, from Bob. Joe, Joe, Central Illinois. Central Illinois. Uh, this is, um, uh, let's see here. This is a suggestion for a game inspired by Chris Rosebra, who said that a pastor was got a sermon text from playing Bible Bingo by painting text on a ping pong ball. Oh. Anyway, uh, Joe continues, It seems like a challenge worthy of the Iron Preacher to undergo a discernment check when forced to proof text. It might be embarrassing if one is caught misapplying a particular text, but it should be instructive to the listener. Thanks for all the mediocrity. I tried to come up with a dig at the Calvinists to include, but I gave up when I realized they would never be sure whether it was meant for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So, so how, Zing. how does this game work? Okay, the way this game works is you go to this website called the Random Bible Verse Generator. Uh-huh. And you click it three times, and you get three random Bible verses, and mm-hmm. then you got to put them together in nice. a sermon. Okay, so here you go. Here's the first one. Are you going to write right. this down? Yep. First Corinthians 7.33. Do you want me okay, to read you it? you got to read it. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Oh, sheesh. Mm-hmm. Your second one is, uh, this is two verses, <laughs> Jeremiah 16, 16 and 17. Behold, I will send many fishers, saith the Lord, that they shall fish them, and I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill out of the holes of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They shall not hide from, from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from my eyes. And Whoa. Genesis six eleven through 13. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The Lord looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through him, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. All right, you ready for a sermon? Ready. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. There are rightly uh, and godly things for us to be concerned about in this world. For example, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 says that the married man is concerned with domestic affairs. And this is why Paul says that he prefers if people can be like him, unmarried, so they can be concerned with the things of God. But it's right, says St. Paul, for a husband to be concerned about his home and his wife. It's right, says St. Paul, for a wife to be concerned for her husband and her family and her children. But most of the time, we find our concerns to be godless and sinful. So that when the Lord looks upon all the people spread out in the world before the flood of Moses, he says that all flesh is corrupt. And that corruption that they've inherited from Adam also belongs to you. They're right things for you to be concerned about, but you're not. You're concerned about all of the wrong things. Concerned about your own safety. Concerned about your own wealth. Concerned about your own security. Concerned about your own name. You even use your good works like the Pharisees to trumpet before people and say and say that you deserve to be lauded and magnified. In fact, you probably deserve heaven because you're so good. But the Lord sends the preachers of his law like hunters and fishers to get you, to, 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 to stab you, to, to, to pierce you through. He says it in Jeremiah 16, that I'll send my prophets hunting down sinners. And this is what happens in the preaching of the law. Like an arrow through the heart, the law pierces us and exposes our own unrighteousness and the filth that is within and says to us so clearly that you cannot save yourselves. You want the wrong things. You desire the wrong things. You chase after the wrong things. You love the wrong things. You are a sinner and you know it. Repent. Because just like the prophets are hunting after you to expose your sin, Jesus hunts after you to forgive your sins. Like a good shepherd that goes after the lost sheep that's running away from the flock. So Jesus, in your baptism and in his word, has come after you and has claimed you. He has washed you in the water of your baptism like he cleansed the world through the flood of Noah 
Amen. All right, you ready for your three verses? Sure. <laughs> ready? Yep. How much time we got? Uh, we have about five minutes. Oh, piece of cake. Okay. First, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Oh, yeah, I know. If anyone hears my voice and opens the (laughs) I'll open the door. I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Got it? Got it. Verse number two. How come you get the New Testament? 1 John 2.15-17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of possessions is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. And at last, it's coming here. Slow internet today. It's taking so long. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. Enter his gates... With thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Go! Woo! All right. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We live in this world and we take pleasure in those things that are around us. We take the the, the things that God has given us, things that are created things, things that are good things. And we take them and we make them our gods, like Israel who marched through the wilderness, took for themselves the gold that the Egyptians had given them, and they take that gold, melt it, and make it their cap and say, this is our God. And so we take the things of the world that is in uh, that God has given as a gift, and we make them not gifts of God, but we make them our gods. We with the passions of the flesh, look with lust upon those whom God has not given. With the pride, uh, with our pride, we we boast in who we are and not what God has done for us. And this is a call to repentance. That our Lord is reminding you, dear church, that you should repent. That uh, you, dear church, were given the word of God and you have neglected this and you have put him outside. You have not put him in the, the center of your house to, to hear his holy word, to, to, to rejoice in the forgiveness he's given you. You say, Jesus, there's the back door. <laughs> and here he, he, he's knocking to come back in and you say, no, I have no place for Jesus. This is what we do with our sin. Repent. Our Lord is a God of graciousness and love. Our God is a God who cares for us, and though we sin against him, he is relentless in his love toward us, sending his Son, sending his dear beloved Son, in whom he is well pleased, to the cross. Where we would have the Son nowhere in our midst, he the Lord, the Lord, the Father would send the Son to the cross in our place so that we would not know the wrath and the punishment that we deserve for our sins, but that Jesus would take it all for us, that we may enter his gates with thanksgiving, that we would come into his presence where the Lord would take us and baptize us with his name, 
that we would give thanks for the goodness that he has shown to us, that his loving kindness never ends. It is everlasting, that though we are faithless, he is faithful, not only to us, but to all generations, to all people, to all kinds, and even to you. That you stand, dear saint, as one forgiven for what Christ has done, your pride stripped down, your boastfulness humbled, that you may confess Jesus as your dear Savior. And so you do. For the Lord has put that confession in your mouth. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, all right. Well, we need a vote. Who is the winner of that contest? <laughs> uh, you can just, uh, hey, there can only be one winner. Evan and Brian. <laughs> Fair enough. That's good enough for me. All right. We need to take a quick break and then. Uh, Udum sanctum, Matt. Udum sanctum, Matt. <laughs> it's like the new math that's the, the papal math. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one plus one. That's right. Is not equal to. All right. When we come back from this break, another email from our listeners, and we're going to figure out a way to fit this into a game, whether you like it or not. We like to hear from you. The toll-free number, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or just send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio just after this. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we take your emails and we make fun of them. That is, we make games out of them. (laughs) Uh I see see what you did there. Uh We're making fun. Uh I'll be here all night. All right, let's get another email to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Hi, Pastor, writes Luke. I listen to Table Talk on my phone using the application CastBox. I have found other podcasts use the app, including one named The Art of Manliness. I don't know how we got the name Table Talk and they got the name Art of Manliness. Well, who decides the (laughs) names of podcasts? (laughs) Obviously, something's been misnamed in ours. Uh, Luke continues. This November, the Art of Manliness podcast released an episode titled Why Men Hate Going to Church, which discussed the past and present gender distributions of the Christian church. I found the show to contain some interesting discussion and observations, unfortunately, from a more, quote, emissional type of view, which you could maybe discuss on Table Talk Radio, but... If you'd rather not discuss the podcast in your show, here are some questions. No, we'll discuss it. The questions are, in general, should the demographics of a congregation be addressed or valued in any way? Why or why not? Are there benefits to using statistical data to make decisions for large church bodies, such as a district or the entirety of the LCMS? If so, how do you prevent using the information in the, quote, missional type mindset that you have discussed on your show before? Thank you for the mediocrity. Luke. Now, um, the game we're going to play is answer the listener email. 
I love this game. You know, <laughs> I I don't think so. Um, I remember I, I remember in, in seminary we were, had a class where we were talking about statistics and demographical information in relation to like mission starts and things like that. And I I'm I'm far from that. I I think that uh, you know we we proclaim God's word to any human being who's a sinner. And uh, it turns out, while the demographics might say so many male or female or so many um, at this age group, they are all sinners. And I, 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 I'm, I disagree with this idea that, that we would look at this demographic. Oh, well, in this neighborhood, um, there's more men than women. So we need to uh, talk about more manly things here. Look, we <laughs> preach Christ and him crucified. And uh, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, it, you, you're scattering the seed wherever wherever you can, right? I mean, we're not we're not selectively planting seeds where we think it will have the most growth. We're scattering them all over the place, and that's what that's the right. church does. So, I remember that one of the I've had a handful of bad conversations uh, in my life, and one of them was about this very topic. I was a baby pastor, and I was at a Winkle. That's where the, all the pastors get together every month to um, complain about each other. And uh, and so we were at the Winkle, and and some guy, he was the some missionarific missionifier, and he said, you know, we're going to start a new, um, we're going to start a new Hispanic mission, oh. and a new ang- and a new Anglo mission. Oh my! I said, goodness. oh what? An Anglo mission? What about us Saxons? You know? <laughs> <laughs> what about the Celts? You know? What, what about you know, ang- an Anglo mission? That is where the racism of the whole thing came out. We, in fact, at that point, we published. This might have been before Table Talk Radio days. We published a little newsletter called "The Anglo Angler," <laughs> with the tagline was uh, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of white men." <laughs> and the and the lead article was the shock and disgust of the Anglo mission when they found out that their new pastor was Germanic. <laughs> it's so stupid. And I said to this missionarific, missionified missionary that, hey, what? Why can't the church, you know, have uh, like Jesus says, people from all tribes and nations and everything else? You know, why? Those are the ch- why are you so like ethno-specific when you're planting a church? And he says, well, uh, you can try it. It's just never worked before. Oh my God! Whoa. Ah, just- Oh, it makes me want to throw someone through the wall. How about it's just, false? <laughs> it's right. I mean, look at we we preach. It's Jesus did not become. Uh, he he became a man for all people, and the word of the cross is for all people. We we get so obsessed with this contextualizing the gospel. Uh, you know, as it's it's as if the gospel um is is so specific. That, you know, that if we say it in a certain way that other people will be excluded from it. This is just a, these false distinctions are really, really dangerous. It's vain. So, like, if if I preach the gospel while I have maracas, people from Mexico are going to be more likely to hear the gospel. Or I have, a, um, you know, more in a sombrero or something like this. <laughs> oh, this person really understands me. <laughs> they really get my culture. Well, <laughs> nice sombrero. Or, uh, boy, look. Look at the guy who's dressing all funny, thinks he knows anything about my uh, background, my heritage whatsoever. Why doesn't he just, you know, do his job and preach the gospel? I mean, it's insulting, I think. It's insulting. Yeah, of course it is. It's racist. 
Now, I got. I want to take up this question of why there's more women than men in church. <laughs> oh, and no. and and I'm and I'm just gonna uh, and I'm just gonna kind of sketch out the average service. Okay, so we go to we we dress up and we go out to a place where all of us sit together and sing love songs. Okay. <laughs> and the more emotionally involved you are in the song, the better. Then we get to listen to a guy tell us about our feelings. And then we get to make a commitment. <laughs> so far, I think guys would be totally the, into this. And then we say, where are all the dudes? <laughs> I just don't understand it. Well, I mean, it's like. It could be. It's like it was. It the the typical evangelical service could have been written for the outline of an Oprah book club. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, and so so then um, people will identify this problem, and they'll have like um, a Harley Davidson church or something like that. Because you know the problem is is that men just aren't attracted to these things. So we'll have, talk about commitment and sing love songs with Harley Davidsons on the on the stage. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's right. And get really emotional as we wear black leather jackets. That's going to fix the problem. So That guy's so manly in his Harley boots as he tells me how he dedicated his life to Jesus and surrendered. I mean, my goodness. It's embarrassing. Yep. Uh, so about, you know what's manly, it, it, and I and I'm I, not only am I against the feminization of the church, I'm also against the false masculinity of our culture. Mm-hmm. Both are obscene to me. You know what the biblical picture of manhood is? It's believing something with conviction and taking care of your family. I mean, that's about as compl- and and if a church has that, has some conviction, and has some sense of of the of the man as the one who is in fact taking care of the family standing before God and giving out gifts then i mean this then i don't think we see this huge disparity then the disparity between the men and women is the result of the fact that the women live longer than the men well so i mean so that the 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 pinnacle of what god has given man or husband to do is maybe outlined for us in um Ephesians 5 that uh that you would love that the husband would love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that through love and now sacrifice even the ultimate sacrifice that that's what it would be mean to be um uh, to be a man so so we think about you know we we honor our veterans and why do we honor our veterans because they took 4 years out of their life to go overseas no it's because they risked their lives for us, I mean that—that's what we f- admire in the in the veterans, um, and the same thing now should be true for what, what we should be expecting upon uh, men is that they would be ones of service to to their family and, and those around them, um, instead of you know playing video games in their mom's basements or whatever. Hey, what are you talking about? I'm about to get to level 172 of World of Witchcraft 97. But but see, you have this ex- you have this uh, exclusion from people, this withdraw, and then you can't possibly love anyone. So so, so uh, it's it you can't you can't be a man if you're if you're playing video games all day. Or whatever. I'm the totally abstraction. I'm totally be. against you uh, against that. You know. I mean. I'm not. Saying- I'm just kidding. <laughs> For heaven's sake, I'm just kidding. 
I, I, but my point isn't that, that video games are the problem. The point is, is this abstraction from loving people is the problem. It was just an uh, example. I'm with you there. Yeah, just a, it's a good example. You good example. A, you can play a video game if you want to. Just just don't neglect well, your I'm, wife. I'm playing World of Witchcraft 97 right World, now as we World record. World of Witchcraft? That's awesome. World of Witchcraft 142 <laughs> on my Halo Xbox. You have what no idea what you're talking I, about. <laughs> That's nerdy. I'll school all you right. sometime on all that. Really? No, I don't know. I, I got the, you know, the one video game that I do play? It's called Words with Friends. You ever heard of that thing? Words yes, with Friends? I've it's heard on the phone. What about I Mario Kart? Don't you play Mario Kart? With... I do play Mario Kart. <laughs> I love to play with Carrie and we go to the Rainbow Road, you know? Oh, brother. Do you know where the falls off? Yeah. Anyway. All right, you want one more? You want one more email game? Or are we almost done with this nonsense? We are just about out of time. So. Oh. We'll just have to save that for next time. Uh, we do right. want to hear from you, though. Get your emails into us, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll see if we can make a We're game out of We're mostly just saying email. that to be nice. We don't really care. Don't email us. We just make these emails up, mostly. We're too busy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're very important people here. That's right. So it's 900 points to zero. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are calculated doing unum sanctum math. <laughs> That means you got 1,800 points to the 1,800. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor you before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects a may point include is nausea, only worth a point. Head, heartburn, that means hair hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, alopecia, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal Two. combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.